When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nausea by Jean-Paul Sartre. Sartre's first and most famous book, Nausea, is a philosophical novel published in 1938. It tells the story of a disillusioned, lowly historian named Anton Rocantin who believes that inanimate objects and noise of external events make it impossible for him to define himself or have any independent thoughts. In other words, he cannot separate himself as an autonomous entity or being. This impasse or intellectual paralysis gives him a feeling of nausea, hence the title. Anton has been living alone in Beauville, modeled on a city in Normandy where Sartre lived for the past three years as he's trying to complete his research on an 18th century politician. He's depressed, not only that, he doesn't have a job, lives in somewhat poverty and has little human contact. Quote, nothing happens while you live. The scenery changes, people come and go out, that's all. There are no beginnings, days are tacked on days without rhyme or reason, an interminable monotonous addition. His only preoccupation is his research on some obscure 19th century aristocrat who is long dead. So you could say his life is not going well, but during one winter he experiences something bizarre. He is so bored that it makes him feel nauseated. To escape his boredom and depression, he tries to spend time with others, but doesn't help. He slowly starts to doubt his own existence. Here we go back to the 16th century when René Descartes, the famous rationalist philosopher, carried out a thought experiment in which he doubted his own existence, and then concluded that even if he didn't exist at all, the fact that he could doubt his own existence, it confirmed that he did exist. So the famous philosophical experiment has given us the famous line, I think, therefore I am. Here's a quote from Nausea, my thought is me, that is why I can't stop, I exist because I think, and I cannot stop myself from thinking. At this very moment, it's frightful if I exist. It is because I'm horrified at existing. I'm the one who pulls myself from the nothingness to which I aspire. Sartre is interested in the bigger picture, so instead of telescopic character development, the downs and ups of a hero's journey, he takes a microscopic approach in tackling the most pressing issue of existence itself. How life itself makes us feel nauseated. He is a modern man afflicted with a modern illness. It's meaninglessness or nihilism that makes him sick. Quote, existence is not something which lets itself be thought from a distance. It must invade you suddenly, master you, weigh heavily on your heart like a great motionless beast, or else there is nothing at all. In other words, the modern condition is when God truly dies inside us, and the decomposition of God in our psyche makes us nauseated or sick. The same theme of nihilism appears in Dostoevsky's, Camus' novels, as well as writings of Friedrich Nietzsche. Nietzsche's human becoming is a very much part of Sartre's character. Quote, he's always becoming, and if it were not for the contingency of death, he would never end. In an attempt to understand, Anton keeps a diary of his nausea, but things get worse as days turn to weeks as his sensation is often overwhelming. 
He writes everything, including the list of objects he comes across. At one point, he looks himself in the mirror, thinking he's a 19th century politician he's writing a book about. In other words, he doubts if he is really real or the ghost of the past. Thinking about the past suddenly gives him an insight that his feeling of nausea has something to do with his existence. Quote, the nausea has not left me and I don't believe it will leave me so soon, but I no longer have to bear it. It's no longer an illness or a passing of fit. It is I. In other words, his whole existence is like feeling sick and nauseated. Here's another quote. The nausea is not inside me. I feel it out there in the wall and the suspenders everywhere around me. It makes itself one with a cafe. I'm the one who is within it. He realizes the very reason for his existence is to think, research, and write about the past. Quote, I live in the past. I take everything that has happened to me and arrange it. From a distance like that, it doesn't do any harm. You'd almost let yourself be caught in it. Our whole story is fairly beautiful. I give it a few prods and it makes a whole string of perfect moments. Then I close my eyes and try to imagine that I'm still living inside it. In other words, apart from his goal of writing a book about the 19th century politician, there is no meaning in his life. He has no friends or family. He has nothing else. It's the reason he moved to this town in the first place. It's the reason he wakes up every morning to write. It's the reason he keeps on living. In other words, he's totally detached from the present. This alienation from others or detachment, while good for Buddhists, make him feel sick. This revelation happens in front of a chestnut tree, which is famous scene like the Newton's apple tree, which allowed him to discover gravity for the first time. For Sartre, the chestnut tree allows his character to discover the emptiness of existence, the seed of existentialism. A chestnut tree has no essence, it's only us humans observers who assign certain characteristics such as taste, smell, color, weight to it. In other words, objects do not project or offer meaning for themselves. Their meaning only exists inside the observer, the human's consciousness. Therefore, it is incumbent upon us, the conscious being, to create meaning for ourselves too. So life is just our chance to make something of ourselves, define our color, taste, smell, and overall identity. So Sartre's protagonist discovers a simple yet revolutionary concept that existence precedes essence. In other words, life comes first and the meaning of it afterward. There is no God or divine essence inside us from birth. We just made it up. This epiphany gives him the liberating feeling he's been waiting for for days and weeks. For the first time, he's free, at least inside his head. He tries to explain this to others, including an ex-girlfriend and a man in a cafe, but neither of them seems to understand what he's talking about. He abandons his history research and decides to live in the present. He also decides to move to Paris and write a novel, perhaps because his discoveries are easily explained through fiction. Unlike Dostoevsky, who favored the resurrection of God back to life to counter nihilism, Sartre sees the death of God as an opportunity for us to create meaning for ourselves. While Nietzsche considered a very select bunch of humans, such as artists, philosophers, capable of creating values, Sartre, a socialist and a democrat, tries to offer the opportunity to everyone to define their own lives. Instead of relying on gods, it's our responsibility to make our own essence. 
there's a fierce debate as to whether Nozzi is a philosophical text or a novel, whether it's artistic or philosophical. It appears that Sartre wrote this novel in response to Selin's masterpiece, Journey to the End of the Night, published some six years before which is very bleak and despairing, but also incredibly artistic and was immensely successful in the 1930s. So Sartre ends the novel on a positive note, because he wanted to liberate us from the despair of modern empty existence, depicted in Kafka's novels of alienation and despair as well as Selin's novels. Sartre also makes a political statement that we are responsible to change ourselves as well as society and history. As a Marxist, he wanted to give people hope that we have the freedom to change things. Sartre also considered humanism problematic because it assumed the universality of all humans having the same rational faculty. In other words, humanism is similar to religion in assuming that we are pre-installed with some essence from birth. For Sartre, individual choice came first. Another point of contention with humanism is that Sartre thinks humanists pedestalizes certain humans as being better humans than others. Certain humans can become sages or superhuman, as Nietzsche pointed out in his Ubermensch theory. For Sartre, everything or every value or norm is man-made, therefore nothing is sacred. His anti-establishment, anti-tradition views made him very popular among some people who felt alienated by society, so they wanted to topple statues, break with all traditions, especially in university campuses. Another novel to compare it to is Marcel Proust's masterpiece in Search of Lost Time, in which Proust actually saw bits and pieces of our own past stored in objects. For Proust, our senses allow us to reclaim our past selves stored in certain food, music, and even solid objects. Saad, who politically was very much against Proust for not speaking out about the war, wanted to remove us from the objects. Proust says that we are like animals that urinate on rocks, trees, and bushes, leaving pieces of ourselves for others to notice, but also for ourselves when we return to those objects. For humans, our sense of smell, taste, and touch involuntarily takes us back to a piece of ourselves in the past that we had forgotten. For instance, you smell a food or listen to a song, you are suddenly transported to your past life. Sartre, however, says this Prussian notion that we exist outside in objects and people makes us feel sick and nauseated. Quote, objects should not touch because they are not alive. You use them, put them back in place, you live among them, they are useful, nothing more. But they touch me, it is unbearable. I am afraid of being in contact with them as though they were living beasts. It takes our freedom and sense of autonomy. So Sartre tries to give us freedom, but most crucially responsibility to claim our own existence as ours. It's our job to make something of it. Do not rely on others or objects to define you. Only you can define yourself. Only you can carry the load of your existence. Do not engrave yourself on some rock or trees because they don't care and don't keep you. Only by taking the responsibility of our own existence, we can fight nihilism and despair. Sartre's character finds his essence hanging in trees or such objects on the outside. In some ways similar to Proust's novel In Search of Lost Time, in which the protagonist's memories or sense of being are triggered by sensory information and objects he encounters. 
In other words, we store part of our being in the objects or people or relationship we experience. And when we see those objects, people, we remember bits and pieces of our own past lives. While Proust sees it as beautiful and artistic, Sartre, however, sees it as a nauseating because our existence can only be meaningful by external objects. In other words, we do not have an essence. Everything is on the outside. In Nausea, Sartre formulated his central existentialist philosophy that existence comes first and essence is built upon it. From a religious and even philosophical point of view, our essence or humanity comes first, but Sartre reverses it. We exist, therefore we acquire an essence of who we are. In other words, we are born as a clean slate and we grow up, we become someone. We have the freedom to carve a statue of our own being. By the end of the novel, the protagonist's nothingness or emptiness liberates him to create his own meaning. But this comes at a price, now he's responsible for his actions and choices. Also, Sartre saw Proust as a snob bourgeois man who lived in bad faith or an inauthentic life that relied on social status more than their achievement. I have to disagree. I, th I think Proust was a genius artist who, as snobbish as he was, was also a fantastic writer, producing one of the most beautiful novels of the 20th century. For Proust, the biggest enemy of man was not nihilism, but time. Time makes us feel empty because we foresee our demise long before we die. No matter how much you take responsibility, you have nothing to slow the decay or decomposition of life through time. While Proust acknowledges human nature, at least biological facts such as physiological sensory organs influence our memory of being, Sartre, however, appears to deny human nature by bundling it with God and the unconscious and then rejecting them all. In other words, since there is no God, we have the total freedom to be who we want to be. There's also the implication that you can also change your biological nature, if not in reality, at least inside your head. Subjectivity and objectivity runs at the heart of the novel. Humans as conscious beings shines light on objects, a Kantian torch-like mental structure which allows us to understand, organize and categorize the outside world. But Sartre, just like Nietzsche, thinks the human itself is not a solid being, instead constantly becoming and changing. So the concrete external world is like an anchor that we try to keep ourselves afloat and stable. So the self is like a floating ghost that tries to become solidified as a self. So outside objects are like a gyroscope that keeps us stable. This instability of being for Sartre is freedom to make whatever you like to be but also destruction as it causes anxiety, as Kierkegaard pointed out a century before Sartre. In fact, it's Kierkegaard who said that freedom causes us dizziness and anxiety. As we know, dizziness is associated with nausea, so Sartre's title and the main idea in this novel can be traced back to Kierkegaard. Having the free choice causes us anxiety seen as choice paralysis, for example, what video to watch on YouTube or Netflix. So to sum up, Nausea tells the story of a man confronted with his own existence for the first time, which not only terrifies him but also makes him nauseated and sick. But he does come out of it liberated to become whoever he wanted to become. He was in charge, nobody else, no God, no human nature or society, only him, him alone. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.